T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And so they had yesterday off, obviously, because of the holiday. And uh, they resumed deliberations today. And we'll see if we get an answer on this case. It's been... Obviously, we've been dealing with it more than a decade, the story, obviously. Michael Coyne, Dean of the Massachusetts School of Law, joining us here on Brian and Company. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. How are you? I'm well. So, you know, Jones didn't decided not to go back on the stand to defend himself. And in some ways, I thought it was the right call because he only seems to hurt his own cause when he talks. Uh, he doesn't think he's had a fair shake. Does he have any... I mean, he was very... I think he he didn't work well with the courts on this and they eventually just said, Hey, you're guilty because you're not complying with anything. I mean, does he have a beef, a legitimate beef at all with the way he's been treated or, or not? No, I don't think he does. Uh, the fact is, is that all of us who are litigants in a case have, uh, agreed by court rules and orders to cooperate with discovery, with the legitimate orders of the court. None of these, uh, requests, from the other side or the court or not none of them but the majority of them the ones that the court have upheld have all been consistent with what um, uh, courts would normally do his litigation strategy has been to delay 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 and to not comply from the very outset and it's well within the court's power uh, both in federal and state courts to uh, punish a defendant by precluding them from trying certain issues or penalizing them because of their willful failure to comply. And that's what he's done. And, and on the first point, by the way, I agree with you. I think he did himself a, a horrible disservice when he testified in the last case. Uh, and I think he's better off not showing the jury his true side from the stand because uh, on cross-examination, oftentimes he is completely discredited uh, because he doesn't seem like he can ever tell the truth. Right. You know, he's already, and again, to be clear to people, the judge's already ruled that he's liable for defamation. I think an infliction of emotional distress, invasion of privacy, uh, a violation of the state's unfair trade practices law. So the jury is just deciding on the actual dollar amount? Right. Damages. So in every civil case, you have two main issues to decide. Liability, which means a violation of the law, and then damages. What, what, what did that violation of law cause? And so liability has uh, already been established, uh, and so the jury only has to then focus on what are the damages that the plaintiffs have suffered as a result of it. And I think they're likely to be quite extensive, and they would have been more extensive had he testified simply because he's a lousy witness for himself. <laughs> you know, I always get so fixated on the ergonomics of it. So, I mean, say they come back and say it's, you know, $50 million. I'm just this mm -hmm. random, this, who knows what it'll be. It could be a dollar to a hundred million dollars. We don't know. Does, can a, can he appeal? And then when would the, the families actually see money? Yeah. Well, there's two, there's two issues there. I do think you're looking at a multi-million dollar verdict and uh, the jury also can find not just actual damages, but what we call punitive damages designed to punish for the, his behavior. 
And so there'll be a, a pretty significant, I think, likely multi-million dollar award. At that point, then, um, the, the judge would enter the award or the damages, assuming that they their post-trial motions are denied. And at that point, then, he can take an appeal. Okay. And an appeal on the case like this could take years. Uh, but that's the that's where the real work will begin, I think, for the plaintiff's lawyers here is because of his maneuvering and the bankruptcies and the like that he will take advantage of the financial uh, difficulty in collecting this judgment, that it still could be years before the plaintiffs actually see any money from this case. That's what frustrates me about the system, right? Yeah. I mean, if they get if they if there's a decision made, the fact that that can happen and, and put more years on it, just it must be incredibly frustrating. Uh, it absolutely is very frustrating. But remember, there are mistakes made at the trial court that uh, an individual company has a right to litigate at the appellate level to see if there were mistakes made sufficient that the judgment should be reversed or altered. And so in fairness, uh, we have this process. It exists in every case where one can take their legal challenges to the next level and ultimately can even take it to the to the highest court. So you could be looking at two, three, four years. The court doesn't necessarily have to stay the money judgment during that time. And that will be an interesting part of the process here because What do you mean they might make that, him they might make him give some money while the stuff is being Yeah. While he can appeal the verdict, it doesn't mean that the court uh, automatically will prevent the plaintiffs from trying to collect that judgment. Hmm. So what happens in many cases is that the plaintiffs, if he's going to appeal, which I think he will, the plaintiffs may well ask for that he, the company, post a bond for the amount of the judgment. And what that ensures is that if the appeals at the end of the day are all denied, then that bond is immediately available to pay the plaintiffs. So it's, a, it's assurances that if after all this litigation on appeal uh, is over, that the money will be available and will be readily, easily attainable, as opposed to having to go and right. seize portions of his company and sell the assets. And that's what I would expect that that's going to happen here, is that the plaintiffs are going to try and recover immediately on the judgment. Hmm. Michael Coyne, Dean of the Massachusetts School of Law, joining us here on Brian & Company and WTIC News Talk 1080. A little over a minute here, Michael. The the marijuana pardons at the federal level. I just didn't know if you had just general thoughts on that. Well, I think the biggest part of that, and at the federal level, it doesn't mean as much because there's not that many uh, individuals who are convicted of possession. If the states follow suit, you'll see many, many more. Do you think the they will? Do you think they will? I think. Uh, well, Massachusetts uh, Governor Healy, or not yet, Governor Healy, Michael <laughs> Coyne. <laughs> Call it as I see it, Brian. <laughs> no, she has already said that she will, in fact, follow suit. Other governors are likely. I think the biggest thing that it changes is the stigma that's attached to a criminal conviction. Um, because at this point in time, uh, many states prevent the types of uh, crimes uh, that one can ask about for employment or housing and the like. Um, and so I, I don't think this conviction a misdemeanor conviction for possession would have been that much of a bar. But there are law enforcement agencies and things like that where it would still prevent a bar. And the pardon obviously helps that significantly. And But most importantly, it removes the stigma of the conviction that uh, many people would still share 
absent the pardon. I can't imagine any state that has legalized recreational marijuana doesn't follow suit. I mean, it just would make no sense. But well, it's a it, yeah, but it's a question. I think you get hung up on this law and order issue, and is it is it really a law and order issue? And am I, and I am I a law and order governor if I'm doling out pardons like this? I could see the I right. could see some taking that position, but I agree with you is that where we've now legalized it, it hardly makes sense for a lot of these misdemeanor marijuana possession convictions to 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 yep. mar someone's record, especially if it would prevent them from employment they were seeking or housing. Yep. Michael, yeah, every, everything is good? Life is good? Everything's good. All Everything's right. good. Thanks, buddy. See you, Brian. Appreciate it. Michael Coyne, Dean of the Massachusetts School of Law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.